Well, hello and welcome to the show where we sit down and review the Bond film that was maybe possibly just slightly influenced by another big motion picture success that came out in the mid-70s. Definitely influenced by Jaws, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's not so much the one I mean. Oh, um, definitely influenced by... Hmm. What else came out in the seventies? I George Lucas could have made a copyright claim. That's all. That's that's. <laughs> yeah. You know, I literally think, I literally think the people over at MGM were like, "Oh shit, that. Let's do that. That <laughs> scrap, scrap whatever we've started. Do that." People are lining up outside for that. Let's do that. Let's give them a laser gun. Right. Sure, yeah. why not? Yeah, basically. Let's get uh no, uh so we've talked to the lawyers and we don't think we can get away with a lightsaber. <laughs> ah, damn. <sighs> All right. Uh, yeah, uh, basically. Welcome to the 12th mm-hmm. 007 review to happen on this podcast. Um the best podcast that is currently reviewing all of the 007 films. We don't know that, but we think it. It's possible. I have I, I it, yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. It might not be true. <laughs> Don't fact check it, okay? Don't take that to the bank. Um, <laughs> we are excited to be here. We're mm. slowly, slowly but surely, uh, slowly and gaining speed. We are em- tumbling downhill. Emphasis on slowly. It, it's been a while. Like it a, feels, yeah. But we're picking up speed, man. Okay, okay, okay. We are like, we're like a chunky kid stuck in a garbage pail being pushed down a rocky hill. We are just going faster and faster, and there's a lot of bumps. There are a lot of bumps, and it's not super pleasant and enjoyable all the time. But and we, we sometimes get queasy and nauseous. I Sometimes we get very nauseous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, it's those kids that grow up to get the girl. I bet you I bet you, 007 was a chunky kid getting pushed down the hill in a garbage can. Hard I'm just say. saying that. Hard to say. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's safe. It's safe to say because <laughs> who's gonna who's you know, gonna prove me wrong? Call us out on that. Yeah, what is what is the twelve year old James Bond canon look like? Nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> Get over yourself. <laughs> Frig. All right. Uh, so welcome, Moonraker. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you're new to our 007 podcasts, uh, I'm sorry about your luck. Uh, no, we, we rank the 007 films uh, based on eight different categories. We rank them 0 to 10. We take all those numbers at the end. We divide them by the number of categories that we have, which is eight, mm-hmm. to find our average. Boys That's how it girls. works. I did, I did so much Pythagorean theorem today. I just want to. I just need to put that out there. While we're talking about math, nice. I did a lot of tri- triangle math today. Nice. I've... I, I've I figured out a lot of C squareds mm. is what I did. Yes. Um, yeah. So, anyways, let's just let's just barrel into this. Let's do it up. Let's let's do it. Yep. Uh, p- plot. Mm-hmm. I gave this a five. Uh, sure. As I mentioned in our last 007 episode, I think we're in an era of easy to follow plots. Yes. I think you it's, no longer need yeah. to pardon the pun, be a rocket scientist to. Uh, to sort out what the hell is going on, um, which excites me because I feel like I can watch a little more easily now. I don't have to be like mm. glued to the screen trying to figure out. Like I'm, I always pay attention, but I'm like, shit, did I miss one? Like, 
like, okay, now we're in a different country. Did someone wink at someone else? And that's, that explains why this is what's <laughs> happening now. Like what that's did I? Quite literally like a wink, like very subtleties. Yeah. What have galore. I accidentally missed? Yeah. So that's no longer, that no longer seems to be a thing. Mm. However, and, and you know what? And I thought the plot was really interesting at first. Mm. Uh, we have this this plane that is, or this spaceship that is hijacked mid air. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the the guy that makes the rocket. It seems kind of fishy himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, they're taking a bunch of crack at Bond. Uh, they're they're taking cracks at the British government, but directing them at Bond, kind of like you lost our rocket, like. You're a bunch of incompetent idiots, stuff like that. Um, and then there's just a, you know, it, it's whatever series it is that we're talking about, mm-hmm. whether it's it's Friday the 13th or the Leprechaun films or whatever, <laughs> you reach a point where you feel like, I don't know where else to go. Mm-hmm. It's time to go to space. Sure. I feel like the next Fast and the Furious film is probably going to be in space. <laughs> uh, you know, I I just, it reaches a point, I would say the last quarter of this film mm-hmm. is such bullshit garbage. Oh. And, and, and they just go, yep. like, it was like, it was like, they were like, wow, we're really onto something. And in the last three quarters of writing this script, the script writers discovered psychedelic mushrooms and were like, you know, the sky's the limit, man. I don't feel like we should be friggin' like harnessed into (laughs) making a film that's based on reality, you know? (laughs) This is a guy that can do pretty much whatever he wants, so let's just go for it, man. Star Wars is big. I saw it on the weekend with my kid. I think that's the future, man. Let's put Darth Vader in there, man. Like, it was so stupid all of a sudden. Yeah. And so over the top and so corny and so laughable. You know what? Had Bond ended up in space, had the villain had a layer on the moon, whatever, I could get behind that. Honestly, I could have. Sure. But the fact that we're instantly all space experts and Bond can can man a friggin' flight into orbit and like it just it just defy like I, I was just shaking my head going, No, 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 this is this is BS. This doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So fair. five out of ten. Fair Probably enough. deserves lower. <laughs> but you were generous. But I gave it a five because I could follow it. And that, sure. to me, that's still a new enough experience for me in Bond films mm-hmm. that it 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 scores well w- because of it. Yeah, no, that that's fair. I give it a very similar score of four. So you know, th- there was a couple things I did enjoy. I was a little nervous at first because we started off with Bond heading to the United States of America, and I always get a little leery of this because. We've had some kind of Mickey Mouse stories before that's just set domestically in North America. And I'm, I'm, I think it's just a little, little Mickey Mouse, a little lame. That wasn't the case. He started in the U.S. They went to Venice. They went across the world. So his traveling did live up to the international man of mystery. I was okay with where that went. Um, well, I, it's, it's, it's <laughs> off to California then, money penny. <laughs> We, I that's also, the next logical place for me to go. 
I ultimately, I also love the the comeback of the Sean Connery accent. That needs to happen more. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that we returned to St. Mark's Square and we returned to Venice. Loved it. What I did not like was I just felt the film was just too long, too drawn out. Very, I was not very interested at several points during the film. Specifically, you, sir, are a broken record. Specifically, the last 20 minutes, I fell asleep yeah, about 19, so 19 different times I fell asleep. It was so drawn out. It was so bland. And one other thing that was in the middle of the film that I just didn't appreciate, it just felt so random and out of place, was another randomly infused martial arts kind of fighting sequence where literally it was two bulls in a priceless Venetian glass china shop. And... Just felt and a little forced. It was so predictable. The second they, the second oh. the doors open and they yeah. were in the the in the glass shop, mm-hmm. uh, one of the people I was watching the film with literally said, "Oh, that's a lot of glass." Yep. And 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 you could just you instantly knew the whole reason why they're in this room is mm-hmm. so that they can break everything that's in it. Oh yeah, there's a whole yeah. scene setting that up earlier in the film where they just talk about how valuable each piece is. And it was a pretty boring tour, not going to lie. Like they just go from piece to piece and this pers- the tour guy goes, this is worth this much. That one's yeah, worth that sh- much. This what a one- shitty stop on a honeymoon. <laughs> and this one, if you lift it off, the alarm goes off. Right. So um, yeah, just wasn't overly pleased with just, just felt like a pretty lame, drawn out plot. But mm-hmm. it was followable, so I didn't give it lower than a four. So it got a four out of 10 okay. for me. All right. Yeah. Uh, fo- followable is important, mm-hmm. particularly in these films. Oh yeah, uh, betrayal of Bond. I gave it a six, which is up from what I gave it in uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. Mm-hmm. He felt a little more three dimensional, um, a little more interesting, but still not. I don't know. I still wasn't like, yes, this is my James Bond. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, people protest about Trump and they wear shirts that say not my president. I felt like, right. I feel like I need a shirt that says not my bond. Sure. So yeah, I gave it a six. I, I, I thought it was admirable. Uh, but again, I just, for the most part, I wasn't really interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not much to say for me here. I, I give it a five out of 10 middle of the road. Not bad. Not amazing. The only thing of note is Bond live streaming his re-entry to NASA and on a different type of ship at the end. So it still probably counts as intercourse on a ship. Um, So the streak continues, I guess. Yeah, it does. And (laughs) a new streak of like, is it just me or is it becoming a thing for the film to end? With with a bunch of government officials standing around because it happened <laughs> in the last one and yep. it happens in this one almost yep. identically for a bunch of government officials to be standing around and th- a curtain gets pulled back and all of a sudden James Bond is romping around in the sheets with with whoever the f- the Bond girl is of the film mm-hmm. and and there's literally like and M literally has a line where it's like. Oh, 007. Like, you know, it's it's like, it's like this tacky, like, yeah. it's almost becoming a running gag, like a punchline. And I'm so curious to see if it's going to show up in For Your Eyes Only. Right. 007 at it again. Yeah. 
Oh, double mm. set. Like literally is like a, oh man. And then snap the fingers and then the screen pauses and then the credits come. Do, 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 do. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, it's, it's tacky, but. Yep. Yep. Uh, villain. Mm-hmm. I gave it a six. Cool. I thought Drax was, uh, I mean, he's German. So no offense to our German listeners. Germans make great villains. Sure. I don't know why. It's probably got something to do with World War II. Probably. And st- probably, not that we have anything against the Germans. I love, no, I love no, Germans. No, 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 no. I love the Germans. Um, but just in media and in Hollywood, you know, there's something menacing about a German accent. Um, and so, and, and, and kind of fun and familiar about sort of a rivalry between the British and the Germans. And... And yeah, so I, I don't and, know. Drax, and you have, Drax you have to look at the era too, right? It, it's it's relatively, you know, what, 20, 30 years post World War II. So it's still fresh. It's there's still, still fresh. the Cold War's kind of booming up. So there's a bit yep. of animosity with the, you know, the Berlin Wall and all that kind of crap. So mm-hmm. I think it, I think, and you know what? I think it was, I think Drax was particularly interesting because he was the villain. He was like, he was pulling the strings. You know, like he he he's the guy that like not faked his own death, but like killed his own cat and then hired the detective to find out who killed his cat. <laughs> right. right. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was the guy he he was playing the the victim. He was playing the role of the victim even though he was the perpetrator. Right. Yes. So that I found I don't know. It was it was fresh. It was unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also gave it a six out of ten. Um, I'm gonna hit on Jaws a little bit here. I mean, I start the film and I'm wondering, like, is is he dead? Like, where where are we with Jaws? He came back for a second film in a row. Oh. Jaws is just like he's just immediately back. Yes, and to be honest, I'm getting a little tired of again. I've touched on this in the last episode. Getting tired of his bullcrap. Just he survives falling from a plane. He has this brute strength. He's able to chew on cable car lines with his teeth, going over waterfall and surviving. Just he's becoming invincible. And I'm just getting like it's getting to the point of ridiculous. He is at the same level as Emperor Palpatine. They you just you even if he dies or you think he dies, at this point you can never believe he was killed. Cause he'll probably just show up at some point and even if you see him disintegrate on screen, it means nothing. So, yeah, um, we we get a bit of an we we do get a bit of a redemption. So that was kind of cool. He gets a romantic love interest. Um, mm-hmm. Hugo Drax, yeah, I mean he was okay. There he was really cold blooded. Like he had someone mauled by dogs. Yeah, like, that, that was, was dark. That was super. That dark. was like a Mister Burns kind of Smithers release the hounds. Like yes. you know. But it was like, I I was oh I was hoping that like yeah, J- Bond would sneak in and like somehow save her, and I'm like, nope, she she is going to die. No, that girl's on her own. Yeah, it was so cold and so sad. Yeah. Uh, gadgets. Hmm. I gave it an eight, man. This, okay. We got gadget heavy here. We got yeah. gadget galore. I got a list. All right. Sure. Are you ready? Lay we it have... on me. Uh, and this is in no particular order. Oh, just wait, just wait, just wait. Have... wait, 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 wait. I'm hold on. I'm actually not ready. Okay, I'm ready. Go. 
Okay, okay. We have an updated safe cracker. Yes. One that is far less clunky and actually like a concealable, usable safe cracker. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have a camera hidden inside of a lighter. Mm. We have a gondola that turns into a friggin' speed motorboat thing. We have a poison needle pen, a pen that turns into like a poison needle thing. Right. We have yeah, a yeah. diary that shoots poisonous darts out of it. Mm. We have a perfume bottle that's a flamethrower. Hmm. We have laser guns. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have exploding vials of like poisonous bad stuff. <laughs> poisonous uh, bad stuff. And poisonous bad stuff. And then his little like wrist thing, his little like pressure. Oh, yeah. Pressure activated wrist thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, I, I, I was in heaven. I was like, mm. this is amazing. There's so yep. much cool gadgety stuff happening so it is an eight it's an eight all the way and the only reason it's not a nine or a ten is because i believe that there are much better things to come interesting you you want to keep the options open going forward yeah i need some some wiggle room Mm -hmm. yeah i can see how you gave it an eight because this thing was jam-packed with a lot of stuff i didn't give it a as good of a score but i gave it a respectable six out of ten I loved the x-ray uh, safe cracking device. I loved the dope um, TV monitor in M's office behind the sliding picture frame. So a couple things definitely I, I appreciated, uh, but ultimately a 6 out of 10. Cool. Uh, fights and action. Mm. I gave this a 7. Whoa. Uh, again, I thought everything was relatively good despite the space stuff uh, the issue with the stuff in space and 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 the laser gun fights and stuff the issue with that wasn't the action it was that was a that was a plot issue that was right no you know yeah. i wasn't i wasn't struggling with that um the one thing that i will talk about something i think that really bumped this up for me Mm. The assassination attempt that happens when Bond is in the the G Force simulator, right? That stressed me out. Yeah, it was uncomfortable to watch. Like just something about him, like you know, you're seeing what kind of G's he's pulling. He's he's approaching on on seven G's, and he's becoming more and more lightheaded, and his face is turning color. And I'm like, I don't know how he gets out of this. Yeah, like I, that was. I think that was the first moment where I felt I don't know how Bond is going to make it out of this one. Mm, yeah, and so that I think that really boosted it up for me. Cool, cool. Yeah, so I gave um, it a step. I gave it a slightly lower, well, moderately lower anyway, a four out of ten. Um, there was a couple. One thing I did like was we open up with uh, Bond in a, in a plane and there's this the same droning of hand-to-hand combat and I'm just like, oh, here we go again. But then once they dive out of the plane, that was actually a fantastic scene. I was really drawn into it. We've got and the Bond 007 theme. The, the parachute. Yeah, we've got the 007 theme playing and it was just a very fun, energy-infused scene. I thought it was a refreshing surprise. One other thing I thought was just kind of fun 
that I definitely saw coming a mile away, but it was still fun to watch as it as it played out. There's the quail hunting scene, and then he's with the the villain, and Bond shoots, misses the quail. There was another adversary in a tree who was taking aim, aim at Bond, and the villain goes, "You missed." And Bond says, "Did I?" Raises an eyebrow, and the nemesis in the tree falls out dead. So that was pretty cool. And you, and you know what? Honestly, I didn't catch that. Like I I, oh. I saw it happen. I didn't yeah. see it coming. I love that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It just, there were some things that just kind of dragged for me. Uh, we have another episode where we have a boat chopped in half during a chase sequence. Uh, we've got another car boat, or in this case, a boat car. And what's that? You missed the first overly drawn out boat scene in this uh, film. Don't worry. There is a second one later on. So I give it a four Savage. out of ten. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've got to be true. Got to be true here. Okay. Uh, Bond girl. So I'm, I'm, I'm classifying the Bond girl being the doctor. Dr. Holly Goodhead. The astronaut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eh, I gave her a five. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought she was strong, independent. Sure. Um, interesting, but we didn't really get any backstory. I don't know who she is. I don't really mm. know anything about her. No. So ultimately, I don't really care about her. Like, I, I just, yeah. I didn't get invested. She was just a prop piece. Sure. As far as the story goes. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, I gave it a five. I gave it a three. Oh, um, yeah, you didn't like it either. For the same reasons, yeah, we, 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 there's really not much for us to anchor or hook into to root for. Um, it Basically, the biggest backstory we get is when Bond meets her. And says a female doctor in a completely surprised tone, and it go you know, um, which is you know, definitely a little, a little bit of a patriarchy kind of moment. Very much so, and yeah. Beyond that, there was nothing, nothing really that we got uh, information about her, and uh, yeah, three out of ten. Not she wasn't delved into, and uh, that's about all there is to that. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, supporting characters, are you ready? <laughs> I hope so. I gave this a seven. Yeah, okay. I, I, I and 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 I gave it a seven because of one moment. Well, I mean, we have we have a heavier Q presence again. Yes. Um, is it just me, or did Money Penny age like thirty years? Is it a different actress in this one? <laughs> I she think just, it's the same same one. She just looked a lot older all of a sudden. Like it was, <laughs> you know, she like switched to one of those like low maintenance older lady haircuts, and it was just like <laughs> not flattering. And right. I don't know. I you know maybe this sounds awful, but I just I didn't I wasn't <laughs> yeah I, I didn't, wasn't feeling I d- it. I didn't hone in on that, but that's fair. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, M's back. M's got, you know, just like in the last film, M's got a little bit more of a presence in this one. We see him mm-hmm. a couple of times. Yep. Um, why does, why does Money Penny seem to have a desk friggin' everywhere? <laughs> no kidding. Like, like he, he, he shows up like... and just places and like, you know, they're in like a temple or, or in the middle of the jungle or sure. on the moon and, or, and he rounds the corner and Money Penny is like, M is waiting for you, 007. Head on yeah. in and see them. Okay, I will, Money Penny, but don't like, you literally they don't can you be want to look talk- at me first? And- they'll be at like a Taco Bell in like Reno and she has a desk there. 
yeah, head on through to the back and, you know, there's Money Penny's desk. And it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, how are, why are you all just set up here conveniently ready to go in Rio? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, um, but so the moment, the moment that, that just icing on the cake to this one for me was a Q moment mm. when Q is giving Bond the, the pressure activated wrist thing. And Bond says, ah, oh, do you, do you do it like this? And he like does it and it shoots the dart into the portrait. Oh yeah. And Q looks at Bond and says, be careful, will you, 007? And I was like, oh, it was, it was so close to, uh, it was so close to please bring this one back in one piece. Right. Or, you know, yep. please don't destroy this car, 007. And it, sure. and it was just like, it was, it was that, that patronizing quality mm-hmm. that I'm longing for, waiting for, and was so excited to get a little bit of a taste from Q in this one. So Q alone, put this out of seven for me fair enough i gave it a six out of ten i'm not too far from you here both q and m had a very good presence were entertaining added some in some uh, fun energy to it not much else to say cool uh bond song this is the part where we talk about the three and a half minutes of not really pornography, but kind of pornography it's that seems close. to be tacked within the first five minutes of every 007 film. Um, you yeah. know, the part of the shoot where they go, uh, okay, we need the the naked girls. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, this time we have a bigger production. We have decided to rent three trampolines instead of just two. Okay. <laughs> Right. Now, if everyone could please get naked and start jumping on these trampolines. No, not yeah. you, 007. 007, <laughs> you get to keep your suit on. Yeah, um, That's right? what I want. That's 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 what I want so bad is I want, and I this is maybe weird. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to give an explanation. I just think it'd be so great. Like, you can tell that these girls are naked sure. because, of, uh, because of two things. One is... You'll frequently, if they jump sideways, you'll see a silhouette of a nipple, um, or you'll see the silhouette of like butt cheeks if they're because they're doing like gymnastic type stuff, right? They're like turning and stuff in the air, so you can mm. see that there's there's clearly there's no clothing hanging off of them, um, and then also because although they're mostly silhouetted, every so often the light hits in such a way that you can see some skin or you can see, you know, you can see whatever. I want one where clearly because of the silhouette, you can tell Roger Moore is jumping and he doesn't have a thing. He doesn't have a loincloth. He is just, he is just airing stuff out, jumping up and down on this trampoline for no good reason whatsoever. To me, that is what's going to make a Bond song for me. Uh, I don't know why that's a weird thing to say, but we, um, we, I understand where you're coming from. I think we desire very different things in life. Probably. Uh, <laughs> I gave it a, I gave the Bond song a three. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. don't remember it. Yeah. I watched this film last night. I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't sing the song for you. I couldn't hum it for you. No, no, no. It was okay. I sure. don't remember thinking, oh, really? This is the Bond song? But, uh, but uh, it's just so forgettable. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't care. Yeah, I haven't seen Skyfall, but I could sing Skyfall for you. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, and and Live and Let Die is still stuck in my head. Bum bum bum, bum bum bum, 
bum bum. Like is mm-hmm. that is I don't know if we'll ever top that. Um, uh, we'll find out. But but yeah, I just I it, I gave it a three. I just didn't care. I gave it one worse. I gave it two out of ten. And yeah. going into this, I literally would have been so okay if the Goldfinger song was used and they just sloppily edited Moonraker and superimposed Moonraker. it. Moonraker. Yeah. Just superimposed it every time the song says Goldfinger and superimposed Moonraker on top. Like, I'm not even talking about having a new actor sing a new song. Just use the same Goldfinger song and just awkwardly superimpose Moonraker where applicable. And I probably would have given it a six or seven out of ten. Yeah, but, like even like with like the Stephen Hawking automated voice thing. <laughs> Moonraker. <laughs> I would have, I'd give that an eight out of 10. That would have been amazing. Straight up, straight up. If if someone do that, please, I beg you. Um, Yeah, but Pete will mail you a $5 bill. If you do that and you post it, you send it to us in an email, we will, we will give you five Canadian dollars. I'm not joking. I will do that. Like make my day. I will send you the money. That is happening. You heard Moon, it here. Riker. And all the other lyrics can be the same. <laughs> yes. I just want that. So bad. And it would still be better than the song. The actual song itself yeah. is just stupid, janky. And it, oh, yeah, I just, I just didn't like it. Can't remember it. And something just from the soundtrack itself, we returned in this film to the janky chase theme music that's used in different action sequences. And it's happened mm. a lot in the Sean Connery films. Not as much as in the Roger Moore films, but for heaven's sake, there's some of them, a handful, that use the classic 007 theme in various like action sequences. That is gold. Use that. Get rid of this silly, like, like, I'm so over that. Like, almost like 70s, 80s cop action car chase stuff. I cannot testify enough how much i want mm. that to be just over like i'm okay. done Please. uh so take your take your if 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 you if you can take mm. your your bonus category and stir our drinks with it to be honest i didn't make a note of any none stood out to me enough to be like hey what? i need to sh-. yeah oh i've Did got some... one i've got Please. one that made the film for me and it's the only one yeah. i wrote down again there was i think just like the last one there was like eight different dozen ones you could choose between. Oh, okay, um, okay, yep. But to me, the moment, and I, uh, you can, I'm not going to reveal their names, but you sure. can ask the people who I watched this film with, I sure. obnoxiously burst out laughing. Okay. Like, it was so funny to me. And yeah. it's at the end when Bond is caught sleeping with the doctor. Sure. Uh, and someone is like, what the hell is he, t-? As as the as the ship, that they're on the pod that they're on is like re-entering orbit, and and there's there's this amazing moment where where M is like, "What the hell is 007 doing?" And Q goes, "I believe he's attempting re-entry, sir." And yeah. I was like yeah. on the floor holding my sides because it was just the right amount of like Q, you foxy friggin' dog, you like it was, it was the right <laughs> amount of inappropriate. Right. Uh, but but punny and, you know, so it wasn't even a 007 one-liner. Right. It was a Q one-liner. And it mm. just, it made me so happy. 
I think it's the best spoken line that we've had in any 007 film yet. Hmm. Hey, yeah, that's fair. I love me some Q, so that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just seeing if I have anything else written down on my thing here. Sure. Uh, safe cracker. No, no. Needle in the pan. No, that's uh, those are all of my notes. Cool. I want to share some interesting things I read on this for you. Do it. Uh, the first you read them for me. I read them just for you, not oh, for the listeners. For you. So just and just I got, remember that I got you nothing. That's okay. That's, That's okay. okay. We had a five dollar spending limit, so <laughs> I don't. I don't feel super awful. <laughs> so uh, I found out what the actual catchphrase from the film was, and it's quote unquote. Sure, it's really long, but how else can we fit all these Seven Up ads in it? <laughs> There was a lot of uh, there was so a lot much. of Seven Up product placement. So much. Um, you alluded to this, uh, but big time. Yeah, this film was definitely influenced a lot by the Star Wars phenomena. And oh yeah, yeah, like that just goes without saying. You can watch one and realize, yeah, okay, they saw Star Wars and they're like, hey, this is a money maker. Let's do this. Someone was like, oh shit, let's, uh, you know. <laughs> Let's yeah. see if let's see if we can get R two D two on loan here. <laughs> right. Um, of note, this is actually interesting to me. Um, Moonraker actually had a really high production cost at the time was thirty four million, which was more than twice the previous film, The Spy Who Loved Me. Um, I believe and it. Visually, there's a lot going on here. Like yeah, they, they, yeah. they pulled all the stops for the again, mostly for the last twenty minutes. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but of note, Moonraker eventually became the highest grossing film of the series worldwide um, and held a record until GoldenEye in 1995. Wow. Which, yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, holy smokes. That Very just goes to show, sp- spend some money to make some money. I guess. Um, two things of note that I just thought were cool. The scene where there's the Venetian glass museum fight between Bond and Chang, that was actually shot in an old World War II Luftwaffe aircraft factory. So in Germany. Uh, No, sorry, in France, pardon me. So I thought that was just neat. I just got a kick out of that. And Drake's mansion, or Drax mansion, I guess I should say, which was set in California, California, was actually filmed at a chateau in France, about 30 miles southeast of Paris. And I also was interested by that. That is cool. Yeah. So my question for you, where do you think Moonraker ranks on the tomato meter of all the James Bond films? Top 10. Has to be top 10. If it became, if if it was, no? No. Middle 10? Yes. Okay. What's left in the middle 10? Okay. The only We've, reason I was thinking top 10 is because it was yeah. the highest grossing for so long. Oh, true. Yeah, that's true. But that's I, very okay. logical. I guess that doesn't mean anything. Though, I apparently. guess not, but I definitely see the correlation. That's a good call, but in this case, it's wrong. Um, you have 12, 13, 14, 17, 18, 19. Oh, there's a lot. Okay, I'm going to go with 17. Close. It was nineteenth on the list. Okay. Yeah. I think that's where it belongs. Further, further towards the tail. Yeah. It's for, of note. It was sixty percent on the tomato meter. It's a. Once you get past the halfway point, it's a pretty ridiculous movie. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. First half was good. I really enjoyed the first half, but then yeah. then it yeah. gets it gets kind of silly. Yeah. So. Um. All right. So did you reveal what did you give this out of ten? Oh. Holy cow, man! We almost skipped all that. <laughs> uh, so if we total everything up, mm-hmm. uh, a five point nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so there's definitely ones below this one. Sure. Um, there's definitely worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely worse ones. There's definitely quite a few that I've scored higher. Um, yeah, it's 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 not. Uh, if I could only show you one Bond film, it wouldn't be Moonraker. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I gave it four and a half out of ten. So it's not near the bottom. It's probably like eighth or ninth on the list in that range, um, which I think is fitting. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. All right, punch this thing in the face and lay it out to <laughs> bake in the sun. <laughs> well, uh, check out our links below our social media platforms of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Please like, follow, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Um, that is where we give out all our news and things that we're doing. It's also where we have our votes, where you tell us what movies to review next. So you tell us directly what to do. And also below, you can check out our link for our Patreon page, where if you feel so inclined, you can help support the show, help keep the lights on. And, um, thank you for listening. And buy some merch, man. Buy, oh some yeah, hoodies. the merch link. Yes. Some shirts, some Masks. underwear, some... Mm. Long boards, some paddle uh, boards, some stand-up paddle boards. No. Fish tanks. No. Depends. Yes, we have those. We do have depends, yeah. Yep. That was yep. it was a weird decision, but we stand by it. Hey, it's they're flying off the shelves. Uh okay. <laughs> I use them to get through these long recording sessions. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. 